you got to make little goals each time. You have a goal, I think, and shoot for that goal no matter what it is, whether it's taking first place or whether it's just crossing the finish line. This one's radio episode 754 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Uh, if you're anything like me, that uh, daily cup, or in my case, that daily almost pot of coffee is a necessary requirement to get through most days. Uh, and if you're looking to maybe step up your coffee game slightly, I would like to recommend my coffee. That's right. I, I don't know how it happened. I, I still, I'm still struggling to wrap my head around how this is a thing, but there actually is Diz Runs Coffee. Um I guess I guess it, that's what happens when when you drink enough coffee that that uh, uh, coffee roasters reach out to you and like, hey, do you want to brand your own coffee? I'm like, yes, I want to brand my own coffee, and you can get it. It's not just for me; it's for it's for everyone. It's for it's for all of the people. And uh, if you want to check out some some really good coffee, head over to disruns.com/coffee. That'll actually direct you away from my website, but it's just an easier link to remember. It'll direct you away from my website to the the coffee roasters website itself right there all, and, and I mean it's the Diz Runs coffee it's it's pretty pretty self-explanatory you can order yourself a bag or two there and uh, I know a few people of you I know a few of you guys have done so uh, so if you have ordered some coffee let me know I'd love to know what you think of it think of it how you like it how you enjoy it um, and if you haven't done so already check it out disruns.com slash coffee uh, and that's certainly you know I mean it's 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 a, a great way to support the show. Great way to get your your fix in the morning or your afternoon, whatever, whatever you need it. I've got my my coffee right now, sipping on it. Uh, I guess not at this exact moment, but uh, you know, I'll be I'll be taking a sip in about four seconds when I when I finish up this little read here. But uh, check it out, slash coffee to get uh, some of the best coffee you ever had and support the show at the same time. So, without any further ado, now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today I'm comparing notes and uh, talking shop with a fellow running coach, which is nothing abnormal really around these parts. We have running coaches on fairly regularly, but today's guest is a little different than most of the running coaches that I've been able to interview over the years, because uh, in addition to coaching middle school and high school track and cross country athletes, uh, which is the, the big difference, but he's also a math teacher at my alma mater of Manistee High School and uh, is also very active in the community on a variety of fronts. So just an all-around all asset to uh, my, my hometown. Um, and it's definitely a, a pleasure today to be able to uh, join Mr. Eric Thummel for uh, a few easy miles. So thanks for joining us today, Eric, and uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, certainly uh, 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 the pleasure is mine and uh, kind of glad that this was able to uh, be, be put together while I'm I'm home and we're at the coffee shop. So guys, if you hear a little bit of uh, clanking and, and clattering, I don't think you'll hear too much. But if there is, uh, that's that's why we got a little ambient noise today. And uh, if if you're ever looking for some some information, if, especially if anybody local happens to be uh, listening to this at some point here in Manistee, uh, runmanistee.blogspot.com is the website for all things kind of Manistee running, especially Manistee High School running. Um, and uh, that's that's probably the best place to connect with Eric. Not a whole lot of social media presence and 
all that kind of good stuff to, to promote today. But uh, definitely check out runmanacy.blogspot.com. And there may be uh, some 5K results from this past weekend's 5K, the Firecracker 5K that I, I, I ran. And y'all know how I feel about 5Ks. Not exactly the biggest fan, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll suffer for three miles for a good cause. Um, but uh, anyway, enough about that. Today's show notes, disruns.com slash 754. If you want to check out anything from today, links, show notes, all that good stuff right there, disruns.com slash 754. So, Eric, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with a, a pretty simple question, at least as far as the asking goes. Sometimes the answering is pretty simple and straightforward as well. Sometimes it's a little, uh, a little bit more... Uh, difficult for, for the, the person I'm asking the question to, but uh, it's just a great way to start the, the, the show, start the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Wow. Uh, favorite, that's, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> I, I should have prepped I you think, on this and uh, I apologize. I have to look at different stages of my life, I guess. So when I was a high school kid, I loved running the mile. Uh, when I got older, I actually loved racing marathons uh, in my 20s. And uh, now I'm just happy to take whatever I can get. But if I had a choice, I, th- I think about a 15K is actually my favorite uh, distance because it's long enough where I don't have to rely on speed. But uh, you can rely a little bit on your endurance. So yeah, 15, 15K, I think 15K, I'll go with. 15K, I, I could get behind that distance. I don't, I don't run into too many opportunities for a, a 15K race distance. Um, I kind of feel like that sounds more like a, a trail distance that, that you would tend to, to run into. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, I, every so often we get the 10-mile the, the distance, which obviously is 15K, pretty close, 9.3 miles for those that uh, struggle with the, the metric conversion there. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's a good distance where it's, it's long enough. You've got to push it a bit. But, yeah, it's not just a, a quick burn like the old uh, 5K happens to be. The reason I bring up that distance is we have an end-of-the-school-year run each year that's been a tradition at Manistee High School for 30 years now, and it's a 15K race. At least that's the distance that's kind of been worked out. So I, I think that's one of the highlights of the year is getting to run that every November. Funny you should mention that because I, I don't know that I was necessarily planning to bring that up, but uh, I, I assume you're talking about the, uh, the beloved ECOOP. Uh, that's exactly what I'm referring to. ECOOP, E-K-U-P, is the uh, end-of-the-season cross-country run. It's open to any athlete or anybody in the community, actually, in Manistee, early November every year. And uh, for those keeping track at home, that's puke spelled backwards, ecoop, um, which would also not coincident, maybe coincidentally, I don't know, but uh, that was the first race that I ever ran. Um, was was ecoop in 1999, my senior year of high school. Uh, was one of those one of those deals where. Um, there were a few few of us that were kind of like, yeah, I'll do it if you'll do it. I'll do it if you do it. When we were like sophomores, and uh, by the time senior year rolled around, none of us was willing to blink. So we all ended up doing it, and uh, yeah, that's that's a uh, glad to know that tradition is still going strong. It is still hurling forward, as we like to say. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's great to get wrestling kids. We got a bunch of swimmers out last year, football players. It's not just for cross country kids, and. We try to choose a uh, course that's pretty challenging, I'll say. I don't think it's probably the same as what you ran when you were in school. It's changed throughout the years. Mm -hmm. But the distance has stayed about the same, I think, for the last 20 years or so. And one of the features is we always have to have some nasty hill in there. Oh, yeah. We have have several right now. There's a few of them around here, yeah. Yeah, there are. Good, good. Well, I'm glad glad that's still happening. And, and yeah, I think ours was was a 10-miler. So, yeah, pretty much right in that that same ballpark. Um, And, and yeah, I... I, uh, 
That was. I still have. I don't, do, you st- do you still give out the uh, the brown bags, the, the the puke bags, as the as we, the we don't give out the the brown bags, <laughs> but we get a t shirt at least. There you go. And we've got a little logo and everything now that we use on our shirts, so it's uh, limited t shirts, and it's kind of a kind of a tradition and kind of a pride thing. Everybody wears them to school the next day. Fantastic. Yeah, we we didn't get the uh, the t shirts, but we definitely got. I, I still have one of the few uh, bits of memorabilia that I that I still have from uh, my high school days. My my e-cute bag with my my time on it, I think, was 146. My goal was 145. Um, came in just a, a touch short, but I guess I guess that's not bad for about three days of, of training leading up to my first uh, 10 mile race. So I'll, I'll take it. Three days more training than some of those kids have. <laughs> that's that's very true. Very true. So um, getting back to to you a little bit more, Eric, and, and uh, kind of your your running journey. So obviously from from what you said, and you're running the the mile or, or 1500 or the mile or whatever it was uh, in in high school. Um, running's kind of been part of your life for most of it, I'm, I take it? I would say so, from junior high on. I, I remember my, my big brother is a grade ahead of me, and he got into distance running in junior high and came back from these track meets with all these ribbons and medals, and I thought, geez, i got to try that. But little downfall was I wasn't as fast as him, so he focused on the two-mile, and I tried to focus on the mile. But, uh, you know, we grow at different rates, and by our senior year, I think we ran pretty much identical times and had – Pretty successful high school careers for a Class D school runners back in the day. Gotcha. Well, yeah, it's, um, that, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about running, and, and something that I didn't realize until I was when I was in college. Um, I worked with Middle Tennessee State University as their, as their athletic trainer for the, the track and cross country teams, and um, you know we would be at, at meets where maybe we were running with SEC schools, or, or we would be hosting meets where there would be some some like D two schools that would be at, at our at our university. And it took me a while to realize that, like, it wasn't always just about winning, but it was about kind of pushing, pushing yourself. And you might be one of the, the last people that finishes that race, but you could still have a PR. And that means, obviously, that means it's a very good day. So, so yeah, you know, a solid Class D runner, like, who, who cares? Like, that's, that's you're pushing yourself and, and getting better and um, progressing from there, like you said, up to, up to some marathons. What, what, have, what are some of the, uh, the, the big marathons that you've done in, in the day? I mostly I've done the Detroit Free Press Marathon. I okay. uh, started doing that. Actually, ran it for the first time when I was 18 years old. Wow. I had no idea about college running at all coming out of high school. I didn't realize that if I had gone, I went to Michigan State, you know, a mm-hmm. big school. Had I gone to a smaller school, I could have made the team at quite a few of them, actually. I had no clue about wow. this stuff coming out of high school. I had one little mention from one smaller school. When I got to Michigan State, I talked to one of the coaches, and he told me what times he wanted me running, and I kind of thought, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, and someone said, well, you should run a marathon. That's the next logical step to do. So at, at 18, um, in an old nasty uh, swimsuit, and <laughs> I didn't even have a good wristwatch. I got an old stopwatch that I had to wrap around my hand. It had a mm. long string around it, and I ran the Detroit Free Press Marathon, and uh, yeah, that was an eye opener. But I came back again the next year when I was 19. I took first place in the 20 and under division wow. um, at 19, and then ran a marathon a year pretty much throughout my 20s and into my early 30s. Uh, did Boston several times. Uh, been thinking about going back again, but uh, it's just been such a circus that, that things grown and grown. But um, actually, since the birth of my youngest, who is 14 and going to be on the high school cross country team this fall, oh. I have not run a marathon since then. And this summer, I was seriously, it's July. I don't know if I've got the, uh, I'm going to have the base build up for a fall marathon. Right. But it's still, it was in the back of my head. Um, we'll see what happens in the next four weeks here, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, as, as we were talking about before we started recording here, like, 
um, you know, you're finally basically starting your summer vacation today. And about five weeks from now is when cross country season starts. So practice starts and you'll be getting back to, to that routine. And then shortly after that, of course, school will be starting. And, and yeah, things get a little bit crazy. And, and that training for a marathon can be uh, daunting. But uh, clearly there's, there's some base in there. And, and uh, as anybody who's listened to the show for, for very long knows that I can't gloss over a Boston Marathon experience somebody who's, who's done boston uh and and not talk about it at least a little bit it's it's uh definitely uh probably my biggest running goal i still have a lot of, of work to do to to get there um to qualify for it and and then obviously to hopefully qualify by enough to then end up uh making the cut to go run it but uh you said you ran multiple boston's uh, first time ran it was in 1992 i had done the free press marathon you know sub three which was Good. I was hoping for a little bit faster mm-hmm. than I had, but I was student teaching at the time, and my mentor teacher said, man, look at your time. You qualified for Boston. No, you got to do it. Right. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a big deal. And he said, man, you, you never know when you have these opportunities again. Who knows what will happen when you get out of college? So as underprepared as I was for my first uh, marathon, I felt as underprepared for my first Boston marathon. I had to borrow my mom's car, picked up a buddy <laughs> that went to school in the Detroit area. We drove across Canada crashed at a friend of a friend's apartment in Boston, you know, slept on the floor mm-hmm. and got up that morning and really paid for it, but <laughs> I got to say I finished the race, you know, and we had to drive back all the next day and ended up bombing a Calc 3 exam because of that, uh, <laughs> being gone for study purposes, but it was, uh, got to check that off my box, but then I, I you know, one of the things I wanted to do, uh, check that box, but uh, I got to do it again later on to, uh, I think uh, in 2001, mm. went back again. And that was more of motivation when I was coaching high school then. I think okay. it was kind of a fundraiser thing. I said, kids, I'll run the Boston Marathon if we can raise money for jackets. And it was right. kind of a thing along those lines. I had kids pledging, and we got new team jackets because mm-hmm. of it. What was uh, – so, so a couple times, and, and um, you know, looking back on, on the timeline of when you ran, of course uh, – people that are newer to the sport and, and myself included. I mean, I, I wasn't much of a, of a runner um, in at that point because I would have been just out of, out of high school into, into college and, and ran just enough to try to keep the, uh, the beer belly in check, but not enough to, to really care much about running. Um, but, you know, people that are more aware of Boston now, like you said, it's, it's, it's I have to imagine it's quite a bunch bigger circus now than it I, was I then. think from the pictures I see now, it's huge. They didn't have all the start waves. It was one start time, and you were just in boxes mm. at that time, I think in 92. And I tried to get to – it was based on your qualifying time. Right. I think there might have been about 10 or 15 pens or boxes, whatever you want to call them. And I was up in number four, so I was pretty wow, happy that there, I, was, yeah. I was close uh, to the start. But it, it was quite the experience, uh, just – Bussing out there from the start line and warming up in the field behind mm-hmm. the school that they have there. I'm not sure if that's the same or now not because it's been, like I said, 18 years it's been a while, yeah. since I've run that. But uh, then walking down the street and getting up to the start line, it was quite a thrill. Yeah. I'm, now, I'm the, sure. the difference with Boston, though, is just being a spring marathon and living in Michigan, trying to get that base and, you know, those long runs in in January and February. There's a lot of treadmills and a lot of bundling up, that's for sure. Yeah, that's... Uh that's that's the challenge and, and obviously it's you know depending on on where you live um it's it's one way or the other because for those of us down down south it's the fall marathons that are brutal to train for because you're training through july and august in in florida or texas mm-hmm. or louisiana or you know wherever where it's just hot and humid and miserable and the hope is that at least when you 
hopefully travel north a little bit for that October-ish race uh, that the weather's going to cooperate. And if it doesn't, well, at least you're used to the heat, so it's, you know, it's not going to be too bad. But, yeah, the flip side of that, obviously, for, for those, of, those of you and, and everybody else up north where, yeah, those spring marathons can be tough to train for and the result was that first boston i think it was 80 degrees that day oh, yeah i mean and yeah, I, had, I had trained in you know 20 30 degree mm-hmm. weather all winter long and all of a sudden what do you do with that uh, it was it was an experience yeah of course of course but uh, but obviously a good enough experience that you decided to go back again and, and now maybe kind of planting that seed to, to do it uh maybe whether well whether, I, I hit it happen. in my 20s i hit it in my 30s and i got a year and a half to hit it uh, again in my 40s here so you know, I got the next two chances here. That's what's motivating it right, right. now. So, you know, is, is something that I think a lot of us can, can relate to, um, kind of shifting gears slightly, but still sticking with, with some, kind of this theme a little bit of uh, your, your trajectory through the sport. Um, you know, you, you're, you're running obviously pretty serious if you're, if you're sub three and thinking maybe I could have been a little bit faster a couple times at, at Boston. Um, and then, you know, start – Start a family, settling down a little bit, um, and and kind of, uh, you know, for one reason or another, very understandable reasons. You know, the, the marathon goes on on the back burner for a bit. Um, you know, going back in in time, I think you said fourteen years since about the last marathon, something like that. Fourteen, fifteen mm-hmm. years. Um, was was that a was that a hard pill to swallow, or was that just like, hey, that's that's what life is right now, and, and no real hesitation? No, to, it was to conscious, back off. conscious decision. That's what yeah. life is right now. I got four kids at home, uh, you know. I got toddlers and different ages. It's it gets to a point where you just can't. Right. And I think um, job. Uh, I switched jobs as well. I was working at one school, switched mm-hmm. to another school, ended up picking up more coaching responsibilities, and it just became a conscious decision that, right. hey. This isn't going to happen, especially with, I got to tell you, with marathons, as much as fun they are to plan and to train for and all that, I, the day after, you know, I'm just <laughs> regretting it never again. Never. I think after the first marathon I ran when I was 18, I went two months before I put on a pair of running wow. shoes again. I was just that devastated by it. I mean, I put everything into it. and then, But then I got back into it. I thought, all right, next year. And... Uh, you get that feeling, you know, well, the next one is going to be better. Okay, right. I can't wait till the next one. But that first one really tore me up. I, yeah. I was so undertrained and got so dehydrated during it. But, yeah, when you get older, it was just a real, realization. I just can't do everything mm-hmm. anymore. So um, you had to put some of those things on hold. But uh, I always have these plans. You know, when I turn 40, I'll be in the master's division, and then <laughs> I can really push right. it. To, well, I'm going to be 50 soon, so I'll be in that division, and then mm-hmm. I can really push it. But... Those upper divisions are tough, man. There's there's fast runners in those divisions. Oh yeah, there's and, and and I don't know about you, but I know for me, anytime that I'm I'm in a race and then I look at the the age group results, it's always the age group before me and the age group after me that like I could be easily first or second, like like really super competitive. <laughs> and then my age group is always, oh, and it doesn't matter what race it is, where in the country, where where it might be, what the distance is. And of course, I'm there's probably a bit of bias in that, uh, uh, you know, uh, take on the situation. But it's like. Gosh, if I if I was just a couple years older, or a couple years younger for this one race, like I would have been right there at the front of the, the age group. But of course, I'm you know middle of the pack in the age group I'm in. So, um, so yeah, it's always it always looks like you're going to be able to be more competitive when you age group up, and then you know everybody else that's in your age group age groups up too, and then <laughs> it doesn't work out as well. Yeah, uh, goodness, goodness. So, um, but the reason I, I brought that up is just that. You know, again, a common common question I get from people is like, man, you know, how can I make all this work? And, and um, I think that it's easy to say maybe from the outside looking into somebody else that, hey, you know, right now it might be a, 
it might not be the right time in your life to pursue that Boston qualifying time or to pursue the marathon in general. Um, but it's you know important to remember that those most likely those races, those opportunities, they're not going away. You just, you know, if it's at the time of your life that you need to press pause for a minute, like you press pause for a minute and try to maintain some base enjoy, and still enjoy the running that you can do. Um, but then if and if and when you want to get back after it, you, you can. Um, and so I guess I don't know that I have a great question on that other than just, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think we all deal with at various points, you know, depending on life, family, work, whatever the case might be. Um, and making that decision consciously is, is you know, is just what you have to do sometimes. Yeah, and I'm not living with any regret about it or anything right. like that on missed races. Uh, you just realization that, hey, you know, that's what I've got opportunities to do now. And as far as even getting older, I always look at 5Ks and 10Ks as far as, you know, I'm not running the exact same times mm-hmm. I ran in my 20s, but just, hey, I want to get a good time for today, feel good about it, and then we'll see what the next one goes, you know. I'll set my goals for the next race after this one. So... I just understand it's a part of life. I always think, hey, I'll get a chance some, somewhere down the line. I'm going to do another one. Yep, yep. Well, and like, like I said, there, it, it, with, with where running is today, the, the, there's not going to be a shortage of options and opportunities to, to pick a race, whether it's this fall, next spring, exactly. next fall, whatever. The, They'll be, be there. They're going to be there, exactly. Um, shifting gears a bit into, into some of the coaching stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, was, was, you know, like you said, runner in high school, um, was, was coaching – I'm, well, back back up a step. Um, sounds like the plan was the plan to always teach. Was that was that kind of something it you wanted to do? It was not the plan. It was in the back of my head, though. I, I wanted an opportunity where I could coach uh, in high school. Uh, my coaches used to laugh at me. I would do the split times for realizing in my head. That was the math teacher part. Right. Me. They would joke that uh, I could do the math in my head faster than they could by hand. <laughs> They're probably right on that. But uh, I like to plan out pacing and uh, workouts. Um, ahead of time and so I could definitely see that idea of coaching in my head and I wanted a career where I could coach and I hadn't ever really planned on being a teacher it just kind of happened mm-hmm. I think in my junior year of college my advisor said hey you have to pick a major if you want to stay in college <laughs> so that's where I ended up uh, math high school math teacher but I knew I'd have the opportunities to coach and I really did look forward to those chances so even when I was student teaching I was an assistant coach and got my first high school coaching job at 22 years old just out wow. of college and I've been coaching track and or cross country every year since. So I think wow. it's 28 years coming up this fall. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of experience, a lot of, a lot of uh, obviously kids that have come into your life, a lot of kids that you've been able to, to help shape a little bit, hopefully instill a bit of a love for running as well. Seen all kinds, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, I, I feel bad sometimes when I see a kid like, hey, didn't I coach you years ago? Right. And, I mean, it's gotten to that point, I think. But most of them I remember. There's quite a few memorable kids throughout those years, uh, slow ones and fast ones. So. Right, right. Um, like I said at the, at the beginning, um, in the intro there, talked to a lot of, of running coaches over the years of the show, but mostly it's been folks similar to myself who work with adults, um, you know, whether in person, whether online, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, but I don't think that I've, I've talked to too many uh, high school coaches. I think I've had a couple of college coaches as well, but not, not too many high school coaches, if any. So I, I'm, I'm curious to kind of maybe, I don't know, compare notes or, or kind of see what, what it's like. Because as I told you, Eric, before we got started, um, I've had questions about, you know, what kind of advice should I do for my kids? Or I'm kind of coaching like the, the you know, the, the uh, running clubs kind of club you know, for kids, kids running type of thing. What, what should I do? 
Um, and I always stress the importance of just making sure that you make it fun. Like that has to exactly. be like the first priority. But where do you come in on that? Yeah, that's my number one thing is make sure it's fun. For middle school, I've, I've been doing middle school cross country the last six years. I'm doing varsity again this fall. But um, with middle school, I consciously look for a game that I can incorporate into practice at least once a week. Um, a tag game. They love capture the flag. Right. But whatever it is, uh, you get a, a workout in where they don't realize – you know, they're, they're playing a game, but they right. don't realize how much they're running. We had this little tag game that we'd play running around the, the school, just one end to the other. And they get done. We just played at the end of practice, and they don't realize that they actually ran a mile in the last mm. 10 minutes or so during that game. And they didn't even realize it. They just thought they were having some fun at the end of practice. So sneaky little ways like that to get them into it where it's, it's fun. You've got to make it fun to uh, some extent. I've been, I think I got criticized a little bit from some middle school parents or talk to coaches from other schools, man, you don't put enough miles in for your middle school kids. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I've got these numbers out here that are here to have fun. They're dragging in their friends because it's fun. This is something they want to do. And yes, it's tiring, but as long as they're having fun in the process, you're getting them hooked into the running. And then once they get racing, they'll see the benefits of all that training that they've done and they'll want to stick with it. So I've been pretty successful in recruiting kids out for middle school sports. And that, a few things to there. One, I, I, I mean, kind of rolled my eyes about, you know, not enough miles for, for the middle school kids. Like, I, I, I don't know what you, you know, like, A, I mean, just like you said, you want to make it fun. So it's not just like, let's go out and hammer every day. Like, that's, that's not going to be fun for the middle yeah, school kids. Every now and then you get a kid that's really exceptional in middle school. And that's sometimes where you hear that right. about parents. Are you sure you're pushing them hard enough on there? But um, I've had a few instances with some kids like that that you did push hard. I've brought a few middle school kids and had them work out with the high school kids mm-hmm. just for fun a few times. But uh, I've seen a few cases where that was the case, and the kids were out of running by their senior right. year of high school because right. they were just being pushed too much. And uh, I, I think sometimes parents don't realize that. They don't see uh, that far ahead anyway. Mm-hmm. They can just see the immediate when their student is their child is 12 or 13 years right. old. you got to think about long term. Well, and, and, you know, zooming out just a little bit from that too, but let's not – forget about puberty and growth and all those types of things that are happening at that point, which is not the right time to just be overloading too much. Yeah, your, your top uh, seven runners, I think, uh, the team that I had when they were sixth graders a few years ago, now they're going to be juniors this year, and the makeup's completely different. Right. You know, uh, the number one kid then is not the number one kid now, and not, nothing to do with uh, desire or anything like that. It's just how the bodies grow and mm-hmm. changes along yeah. those lines. Something to, to definitely keep uh, in the back of your mind if you're working with your kids or your mm-hmm. kids have, have expressed interest. Make it fun and, and don't feel like they need to get X number of miles because they saw that Mary Kane did this when she was whatever age or, or what, like, you know, n- nothing against your kids, but most of them are probably not going to be Nike All-Americans and pros by the time they're out of high school. Like, so, you know, maybe keep that as the exception and not the yeah i worried about the dad that had his sixth grader out doing repeats at seven in the morning in the summertime uh, out on the track or doing intervals i just yeah no i don't think that's setting a foundation for a good uh, future in running you got to keep it fun got to keep it lighthearted sometime give them a break especially the middle school kids right. I, i'm not really pushing them throughout the off season uh, main thing i always tell them is do another sport do you know else. do something yeah. don't just sit around playing video games all winter time get out for the basketball team or we have ski team around here, swim team, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah, but don't just sit around and do nothing. Mix yeah. it up. That's definitely important. Uh, you, you you said in there too that you were 
have been pretty successful at, at recruiting some some kids to play and, and again for those those that don't know what manistee's like it's not like we're recruiting from the rival high school it's just no it's just getting, getting kids out of the, the kids hallway, out of the class in the hallway right. hey why don't you come out and do this i mean a good relationship with the gym teachers and identifying who should be out there but even just in general not all the kids are natural athletes they're just kids that are looking for something to do and something fun and no matter where they're at if they're the front of the pack or the back of the pack you get to see them improve throughout the season that's the the real joy of those middle school sports to seeing them come along the way they do but yeah recruiting just just trying to get numbers out i middle school coach i probably mail out uh, i don't know 100 letters or so mm-hmm. in the summertime to kids that signed up just that were interested and we went from uh, when i started coaching at manistee actually there wasn't even a middle school team at all and when i started coaching high school that was one thing i insisted on we need a middle school team to keep this going and uh, they averaged about a dozen kids or so we've been having uh, about say 35 to 45 kids for a middle school team which isn't bad for a school where you've got about 120 kids per grade right. i think yeah no that's not bad at all um wh- what kind of things do you use or what kind of of i don't know lures if you will for lack of a better way of saying you know it, what the other kids are the biggest lure they're going to talk their friends yeah. into it and that's the biggest thing once school starts up i get kids constantly hey you know my buddy jim here wants to come out or sally wants to come run now is it too late to join up and Usually I let it go of the first right. half of the season. Sure, come on in. You know, we need as many people as possible. And some of those kids that joined up later, one of the ones that turned out the best later on, it seems. But if they see their friends having fun with it, right. um, they're going to have fun and they're going to you know, invite others in. The kids on the team are going to invite others in. Gotcha, gotcha. What, what are some of the, um, the, the, the biggest struggles with working with middle school, high school kids? You know, because I, I feel like for me – like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some, some struggle with some of the, the athletes that I work with, but it's like they're paying me to do it. They're adults. They, you know, it's their choice. If they don't want to do it anymore. They right. don't have the to. Kids, what about the kids? Well, first off, uh, grades always seems to be an issue, mm. it seems, with some of the top right. kids. that, uh, And some of the top kids, you got to remind them, too, that that's what colleges are looking for. If they're ever thinking of running college, that's one of the first things the college coaches always ask me is, you know, what kind right. of student were they like? Or are they a captain of the team? Are they keeping their grades up? Mm-hmm. So dealing with kids with grades this past spring, that was an issue. Uh, in the track season, we had a few kids uh, dealing with grades that couldn't compete as much as they wanted to, and that held them back. Uh, eligibility passing all the right. classes, that sort of thing. Um, other things is just uh, motivation for some of these kids. That Their focus is so small sometimes. They get burned out day after day mm-hmm. after day. And so I know how many miles they need to be running a week and how many days they need to be running a week. But uh, I got to just give them a day off every now and then. Right. You, you got to have some rest days. And that's more mental even than physical sometimes. Uh, with middle school, I always made sure that they were not racing or not either racing or practicing Monday through Friday every single day. I'd always find one day a week where they had off besides uh, Sunday, obviously, right. when we don't have meets or school. So just to give them a mental break. With high school, they might not get that break as much, but we'll have a day where we're down at least. They're not thinking hard, hard, hard each day that we're practicing. We'll have a, a, a kind of a funner day, uh, mm-hmm. something along those lines. So not wearing them out. And the other thing with high school is I'm really sensitive to what's going on in school at the time. Cross-country season, you know what always falls up against? It's homecoming. Right. They've got homecoming parades. They've got to build floats, paint windows, get ready for the dance and all that stuff. And if you're planning you know, your hard workout of the year right. that week, not it's a good just week. not going to yeah. happen. That's one of the nicer things about having a teacher that's a coach at the same time because you know you're what's going in. on at the school and right. you're aware of that. And so that's one thing I think a lot of coaches have to be aware of, that what's going on at the school at the time. Are these kids exhausted from what they've got going there? Mm-hmm. First week of school, their bodies are getting used to getting up at 6 in the morning for school. Right. 
what's your workouts that first week? That's where kids are getting sick and worn out if you push them too hard. So little things like that you have to watch for. Yeah, certainly. Um, what about, and uh, certainly we don't need any specific examples because we don't want to incriminate anybody here, um, but what about dealing with parents? I, I, you mentioned obviously earlier that sometimes, you know, you get a little nudge from the parents saying you're not pushing my kid hard enough maybe on occasion, but uh, what, what is that dynamic like? You know, I mean, you're coaching the kids, but obviously you, you have to be in touch with the parents and communicate with well, parents as communication well. communication with the, the big thing, uh, I've had a few parents say they love my emails because I'll send out emails all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll get a huge email list of, uh, you know, here's what we're doing schedule-wise. It's the main thing. Most parents with middle school just want to know the schedule. Right. Uh, in high school, yes, there are parents that want to know the workouts, but um, uh, we've... I can give them a list of here's what we're doing this week and compare it to, you know, any any other school, uh, what they're doing. Um, I'll also kind of lean on my credentials sometime and say, hey, right. you know, I, I have coached a couple of state champion cross-country runners here, so uh, I'm pretty confident on what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was all 100% luck. It might have been mostly luck, but uh, not not entirely. Right. And uh, our workouts match up with uh, other coaches I've been, been dealing with uh, as well. I, I know some schools... Uh, don't like to do a whole lot of mileage. I, I'm probably a low mileage coach for high mm-hmm. school compared to a lot of coaches. Um, I'm not the lowest. I knew, I knew right. uh, a neighboring school that did even less than us. They just like doing short, hard workouts for cross country. But um, as long as I'm communicating with them, telling them what I'm doing, I guess, is, is the main thing. I haven't had uh, many complaints lately um, or recently. Some of the techniques sometimes should we be running on, should we be running on pavement and, right. and not on grass and, you know, I appreciate comments like that, actually, because uh, I've been blessed myself as being uh, uninjured for mm-hmm. most of my life, and pounding the pavement never really hurt me. But not doing everybody repeat, is doing repeat like miles that. on the hills of Manistee on the pavement right. anyway, and doing them hard. Yeah, I might want to reconsider that. Switch over to the uh, running on the grass, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know, right after I did that. Uh, we were doing a repeat on pavement. I switched to grass. Kid twisted their ankle on right. on the, the uh, uneven, uneven surface. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes you can't win on those areas. Right, right. Um, what about when you have, like you said, some, some athletes that really do well and can compete at the state level? And if, if memory serves, and, and uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I feel like maybe last fall we had, didn't we have somebody from here, or at least in the last year or two, somebody from, from Manistee that was like running at the state meet for cross country? Oh, we, we get to state kids to the state meet all the time down there. We haven't had a state champion in... Uh, Six, seven years or so. But we had, an ind- we had an individual state champion. That's more than we had in my entire, like, 13 years in Manistee <laughs> Area Public Schools, so that's, that's all right. We had two girls in the top 11 that year, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, then the other girl finished, I think, top five the next few years as well. Um, we had all-state girls, three, three of them that were running year after year. They were finishing top t- 20 mm-hmm. um, for quite a stretch there. So we were blessed with kids just lucky to be in the area. But it right. wasn't just... You know, them. And they got the ability, but they got—they're doing some good Naturally, work too. Naturally, they were—they're right. yeah, hard workers. Mm-hmm. That's—they uh, definitely had the work ethic to uh, succeed. But, uh, and I point out as well, you know, I had a state champion at another school as well before I moved to the side of the state. So um, I, I've had right. my experience with right. the—I name drop that. Well, you know, this Big Ten girl I coached back in 2000, <laughs> or uh, you know, this all Big Ten girl I right. coached recently, or I drop that a little bit. I, I, I've seen a few kids, but but. Where I'm going with that is when you have one of those athletes that's definitely mm-hmm. got some, some legitimate talent and, sure. and is willing to put in the work as well. Um, how do you, as the, as the coach, 
balance pushing that one or two athletes to get the best out of them while simultaneously not pushing your other athletes yeah far. that's a good balance to watch now with girls that's easier because you just make the girls run with the guys team the the top girls and they do and i mean sometimes they beat sometimes the guys embarrass team. the boys too yeah, yeah they do so that's that's easy enough with girls with boys it's a little bit more difficult and i like to say when i was starting out i would just push them myself when i was in my 20s right. you know they'd have to run with me and that was the good workout I think I was um, 30 before I had a kid that was regularly beating me at workouts at, at uh, tooting my own horn here a little right. bit. But um, uh, with the boys, um, it is a balance because the kids are aware of that. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll grumble sometimes that, well, all that coach is doing is working with the top working, kids right, and ignoring right. all of them. Uh, you've got to make sure you're treating each kid the same top to bottom on that um, at practice. If you... The kids will pick up on that if you spend too much time with the top kids and not the lower mm-hmm. kids. So as a coach, yes, I am consciously aware of encouraging everybody and not give all my focus just to the top kid. Now, that being said, when we did have some of those top kids going through the school, I would purposely schedule s- certain meets to make sure that they're going against the best competition. Right. Uh, in Michigan, we have the Portage Invitational. It's the biggest cross-country meet, maybe one of the biggest ones in the Midwest. You had to be sure you're going to that one mm-hmm. when you had a top kid that's going to be all-state. Uh, we hit the MSU Invitational is another big one. So uh, those things are important as well. But, but the lower kids, the slower runners, they like those big meets too right. sometimes. Right. So it benefits everybody. Yeah, that's, that's uh, again, a, a big difference from, from what I'm doing where it's like I've got 30 athletes that I'm working with, but, you know, none of them or maybe one or two are ever in the same even area of, of the, the country or world. So it's it's easy to give each person the, the 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 attention and not have it feel like I'm pulled one way or the other. But yeah, when you've got a, a tight knit group uh, in in the school, it's probably something obviously something you have to be very cognizant of and, and giving everybody the uh, the same attention. But but uh, when when you get to towards the end of the year when you're going towards the state meets, um, how much how much pressure do you feel as a coach or, or how much second guessing as a coach do you get as far as like did, did we do everything that we could? Is, is there second guessing or is there, there pressure that you feel? Or is it like, hey, we, we've done the work, you know, he or she is, is as ready as they're going to be. Let's go out there and have fun. I, how, do you, how does that lead You up? know, no. I coached one year of basketball, and I think that was more stress than uh, 28 <laughs> years of coaching uh, cross country and track. Not, not completely, but just at one time. When you get to the meets, I mean, if you know the kids have done the workouts – What's going to happen is going to happen here. As long mm. as they're smart and uh, stick to the game plan, I, I don't worry a whole lot anyway. You know, I, I can think before the last time I went to state finals, thinking, you know, gee, where's this kid going to finish? But um, a lot of times it's not up to them. Uh, they run their race, right. and it's usually the other kids that either have a great day or a bad day. And I, I haven't been too surprised, I think, at state finals often. The kids do what I think they're going to do usually. Are you, are you able to help the kids again, especially at, this, at those state meets, the, the higher level athletes, to recognize kind of something we talked about earlier where, you know, yes, you're here and it's, you know, you're trying to get the top places and finish all state, maybe win, win the state. Um, but ultimately, you know, like you said, there's other kids that if they have a great day, you know, let's not beat around the bush. We're, we're not going to beat this other, this other kid potentially because they've just been running faster than you all year. If they have a great day, it's going to take something superhuman for, for us to, to – Went on top, to finish on top of that, is that is that tough for the kids to wrap their heads around that like they can have their their best day ever? I mean, I, I remember you know name dropping a little bit, but like when I had Nick Simmons on the show, eight hundred meter U.S. Olympian, 
Um, and he was talking about London where he ran like easily his best race mm-hmm. ever, uh, a, a time that would have finished on the podium in like every Olympics ever. And he was like sixth or fifth or mm-hmm. something like that because just every, and he, he was like, you know, at first I was kind of like kind of pissed, but like <laughs> then at the, at the end of the day, it's like, what, what am I going to do? I ran my best race on the biggest stage. Right. Like, you know, is, is that something that for the high school kids is, is oh, tough to wrap their head around? I, I think they get it. Yeah. They get it. You know, um, thinking of a girl that just graduated this year. She ran her PR at state finals and uh, was hoping to finish a little higher. She, she finished in the All-State on the podium, right. but uh, I think wanted to finish a little bit higher. But what else can you what say? Can you you, you yeah. ran your very best at the time you needed to, state finals. So I, kids are usually pretty realistic on that, I, I have found. The kids I've worked with, I rarely get ones that are too unrealistic. Maybe before the season, they said, this is right. what I'm going to run this year. And right. I try to temper their hopes just a little bit. Well, let's see what you can do the first race. But uh, the kids have been pretty good about that. Good, good, good. Um, gosh, I feel like I could, I could keep going and, and keep asking questions for, uh, for a while. But uh, at some point, we're going to have to wrap this thing up. So um, kind of shifting, shifting gears maybe one last time just a, a little bit here because uh, the way I try to typically end the, the conversations, Eric, is, is with something that I call a, a philosophical question, which, which can sometimes sound a little scary. But uh, it's... it's basically just uh you know kind of almost like the introductory question very open-ended kind of just take it and and uh kind of wrap things up here but um again with your with your many years of of working with high school athletes and and you know seeing some of these kids continue to hopefully instill that that passion for running and continue to to run whether they're running competitively or not in college and and beyond um I, i would just love to to kind of ask for some I don't know suggestions some tips some pointers some things that that you've learned to to help do that because i've i've talked to folks before um or maybe not talked so much but read stories heard heard article heard interviews where it's like you know i was i was super competitive super competitive and then as soon as like i wasn't competitive anymore running sucks and i don't want anything to do with that and and i think that for myself i mean my my daughter's almost five so we're not we're not at that point of being competitive runners yet or anything like that but like you know whatever she ends up getting into, whether it's running or something else, I hope that it's something that she can continue to enjoy for, for years and years. And like I said, I've had people ask questions about working with their, their middle school and high school kids, or at least, you know, get introducing them to running and make it something that's, that they enjoy. And obviously we talked about fun, but for, for those kids that are pretty serious runners in high school, um, or the, the runners that are listening to this, that were pretty serious in high school, maybe ran in college and kind of, not so sure about this, you know, not being competitive and running anymore. Um, what, what are there things that, that we can try to, you know, tell the kids to do or encourage them to do to make sure that, you know, as life happens and you're not able to be first, second, third, every time, how to keep running still fun for the rest of the life. You got to make little goals each time you have a goal, I I think, and and shoot for that goal, no matter what it is, whether it's taking first place, whether it's just crossing the finish line, you know, this next race, uh, set those goals. And sometimes you have to shift your goals, mm. I, I think. Um, thinking of certain high school kids that were in competitive or in middle school and not so much in high school. But to, to keep at it, to keep a goal and, and to keep going, um, that, that is quite a philosophical question there. Where's the motivation in that? But I think uh, just encouraging those kids that they're still part of the team and I need you here, I'm glad to see you right. here, and you're going to be motivating someone else, even if you're not leading the team you being out there is motivation i well, i don't want to incriminate any kids at all <laughs> right. but uh, you know i had a, a kid years back that was a, a stockier built kid anyway but a decent runner mm-hmm. and uh 
you know, my father-in-law used to say that that kid was was his motivation mm. just to see them out there because they knew they weren't built like your typical runner right. anyway but they were giving them all and pushing that and i think everybody can uh, do that in some way i've had uh, you know i had some kids that were uh, learning disabled in different ways as well but they're still sticking with it and they're a big encouragement to mm-hmm. me even uh, to see them push it despite whatever uh, strikes they might have against them in life. So no matter where someone's at, ability-wise, you know, whatever level they're at, I I still think there's goals you can reach. you got to set a new goal each day and each week that you can shoot for and keep that in mind that it might not be first place. But a PR is a big deal to Mm -hmm. a lot of kids, even on a particular course, you know, getting their best time in that course. So there's always something to shoot for. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. And and make it fun along the way. For sure, for Make sure. It fun. So, uh, guys, like I said, I could I could keep going, but uh, I know Eric's Eric's gonna get back to his uh, summer vacation now, so we're gonna we're gonna let him do that. Uh, Runmanistee.blogspot.com. If you're interested in uh, if you're gonna be in the West Michigan, Northwest Michigan area at some point, and maybe looking for a race, there's. Uh, now you're gonna, make, you're gonna make me update that I'm thing more regularly. Exactly. Now. <laughs> but what, what's the? Uh, I know I said that was, last question was gonna be last one, but one more. Um, General race calendar. I know there's the 4th of July, somewhere around 4th of July. Yeah, there's the, there's and the 5K. What uh, we else have, is in the area? That's the firecracker. We always have the Jingle Bell Jog. In Manistee, Michigan, there's a big sleigh ball festival, mm-hmm. Old Victorian weekend, first weekend of December every year. We have what's called the Jingle Bell Jog, which is just a fun race. Just, you know, it's one of the ones where you stick a little Jingle Bell on right. your shoe and run through town. But people love to dress up for it. We get some crazy costumes. That's another race that we do each year if you're in Manistee. And this year they're doing uh, Run the Pier. Some of my assistant coaches are putting on uh, some people in community run the pier where they actually get to run out on the pier into Lake Michigan and back as part of a 5K. So those are a few other races to look for. That one's August 10th this year, second weekend in August. Fantastic. And, and, uh, you know, a little plug for the hometown, but even if you're not in this area but you're looking for, you know, kind of somewhere in Michigan area and you want to look for a good vacation destination, that's what – I mean, these are these are the times. The, the forest festivals around the 4th of July, which mm-hmm. is when the firecracker race is. The Jingle Bell Jog, like Eric said, this big sleigh bell Victorian weekend. And they'll support deal. the cross-country and track programs in and the area as well. So it's helping kids. It's, it's, and helping it's kids. basically made a huge difference in right. a lot of the kids that we have. Right. In August, a great time to one last summer hurrah before uh, before the fall kicks in. So you can run and, and run out on the pier, which is a pretty good time, too. So definitely check it out. Runmanistee.blogspot.com. Dizruns.com slash 754 to take you back today for all the links and photos and all, all of those things. We'll be there, disruns.com slash 754. So, Eric, thank you for, uh, for not only taking the time this morning, taking time out of your summer vacation, but thanks for what you're doing for, for my hometown, for the community, for the kids in the community, um, and uh, just continued success for the school, for the athletes, and I uh, wish you guys and you, and you specifically nothing but the best going forward. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure being here. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation today between Eric and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that uh, we talked about today that that resonated with you or that uh, that struck you a little bit that made you stop and think and go, huh, I, yeah, wow, okay, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we, we deliver one of those. That's, that's always the goal is to have something like that in every episode or maybe it's something that uh, makes you chuckle a little better. Oh, that, all oh, that is that guy. Ah. But whatever it is, wh- whatever thing from today that popped out to you, I want to hear about it. Uh, I-, I love hearing those things. But uh, as as per usual, I'll go ahead and share mine first. I'll try to prime the pump, prime the pump a little bit, get get uh, my thoughts out there, and and uh, hopefully that'll help you uh, be willing to share some of your thoughts on today's episode as well. So for me, um, probably 
no big surprise here. Although I don't know, you, you never know. You never know uh, if if we're all on the same wavelength or not. Um, but I think that, that my biggest takeaway today was when Eric was talking about you know working with specifically the middle middle school athletes that he's coached, um, but but really any any you know high school middle school uh, kid that that's running, and the importance of making it fun. And um, I, I look at this from a couple different angles, and it's a, it's a it's a layered takeaway today. Um, one, I think it's just important for all of us to remember that we're doing this for fun. You know, as as I've said before, I don't think that any of you that listen to this show on a regular basis, literally make your money because of your results on race day. Um, still waiting for the, the first time that one of the professional runners out there happens to listen to the show and, and actually reaches out and says, no, Diz, wait a minute, you're wrong. Uh, I'm, you know, so-and-so here and, and uh, I, I get my paycheck based on my, my race results. Still waiting for that to happen. Maybe it'll happen one day. But until that day, I'm going to assume that all of you are just like me and that our racing, our, our, our running in general is something that, that maybe we enjoy being competitive and we enjoy that, that race day environment. But at the end of the day, we do it because it's enjoyable, because it's fun, because it's something that we like doing. So if that's the case, you know, too often I, I, I'll see some, some folks that, that really kind of get too caught up in the competitive times, workouts, killing myself to hit this goal. That, that it stops being fun. And and anytime that I have a chance to remind somebody to have fun, that's always something that I want to do. You know, whenever I'm, I'm working with somebody and they're gearing up for a race, the final instruction that I give is to have fun. No matter what happens, you hit your goal, the wheels fall off, somewhere in, in between, just try to try to smile. Try to have fun on race day because that's that's what it's all about. But the, the other layer to this whole have fun thing and, and maybe more specific to what Eric was talking about is, that, you know, when he's getting new kids, especially middle school kids into the, the cross country program, he's trying to make sure that it's, it's something that is fun so that they stick with it. And, and obviously from a, you know, a school team program, you know, you got to have enough or you want to have enough athletes to, to feel the team, but also, you know, get some of these kids out there, you know, and even if they're never going to be great high school runners, but you instill this, this joy for running. And maybe it's something that 30 years from now at a, at a class reunion, they come back and go at, hey, you know, Mr. Thummel, thank you so much for, um, helping me discover running when I was in middle school. I'm still a runner now. Uh, and I just love, I love what it does for me. Like you never know when that can happen, but maybe most of us aren't working with middle school age youth, but most of us probably have an opportunity here and there where we're running with an adult friend, maybe, maybe part of the running club. Maybe there's a group run. Maybe it's, it's, you've been, you've been lovingly pestering and badgering and nudging your spouse or your, your friend from work or somebody from the the social club or somebody from church or whatever you've, you've been planting that seed to try to get someone else to try running. And, when they do, the last thing that we want to do, or at least I would hope that the last thing we want to do when we've got this new person out there that's trying running for the first time, or maybe the first time in a decade, is to just make it so serious. We're going to go out and we're just going to hammer. Well, guess what? That person's probably not going to come back, but you make it fun. You laugh a lot. You talk. You, you stop for a mimosa at the end, or a cup of coffee, or a beer if it's a beer run, or whatever. You make it, make it about much more than just the run. You make it fun. 
and that seed starts to grow. So I think all of us on one level recognize that, that we do this for fun and we want to make it fun for ourselves and for the people that we, we are running with, whether it's longtime running partners or somebody new that you're running with for the first time. But I think it's, it's easy, especially, you know, when we get into a training season to really get locked in and, and, and make it not fun anymore. So long winded way of saying my takeaway today, which again, you know, nobody's ever, you know, uh, Thought that I, I've, uh, what, what is the word I'm trying to say here? Anyway, I've never been brief on <laughs> on the show when it comes to flapping my yap, but it's all about fun. It's got to be all about fun for you, for your kids, for your fellow runners, uh, for anybody that that is in and around the sport. Um, and I would argue, and maybe someday I'll get to have this argument, even with somebody who's making the living as a runner, it's still got to be fun. It's still got to be fun. Okay. So that's my takeaway today. Just the value of making sure that our running is always, always, always something that we enjoy. And if it ceases to be something that you enjoy, then it's time to either change your focus in running or maybe step away from the sport for a little bit. See if absence doesn't make the heart grow fonder. Then you can come back and still enjoy picking them up and putting them down on the road or the trail of your choice. So that's my takeaway today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? What stood out to you from today's conversation with Eric? Let me know. I'm at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can always slide into the old DMs or just shoot me a message. Leave a comment on the show notes or, what, or whatever, on the, uh, the the post that promotes the episode. Uh, whatever. Love to hear those things. At DizRuns on both of those places. You can also shoot me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. Uh, if, you, if you're more of a Facebook person, you can always connect with me there. Um, I'm a little bit sketchier about connecting with people, but if you send me a message and say, Hey, Diz, listen to the show. This is my takeaway. Boom. We'll be friends. I promise you we can be friends. Um, but, uh, you can, you know, and it's just Denny Cray there. Of course you can join the Facebook group, which does, doesn't really have any reason to plug that today, but, uh, facebook.com slash Diz runs. You can get in the group there. Uh, lots of fun in the Facebook group. I think it's a good time. I think you'll enjoy yourself there. Um, uh, but anyway, back to your takeaways last but not least, the, the last best way to, uh, to leave your feedback on the show uh, disruns.com slash 754 today. Get you back to the show notes. Uh, might have dug up uh, my, my e-coupe bag, medal, reward, whatever you want to call it from uh, here's the the official race date of see, I think it's on here. Nope. The official race date is not on here, but it is from 1999. Official time, 1 hour 47 minutes and 46 seconds. I do think it was longer than 10 miles though, so uh, I'll, I'll say that in my in my uh, defense, but uh, great time running eCoop back in the day. Glad to know that race is still going strong. Um, but yeah, all the show notes, disruns.com slash 754. You can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways there as well. And uh, until next time, be well, take care. Get yourself some Disruns coffee, disruns.com slash coffee. Check it out. If you do, let me know what you think. I'm, I mean, I'm biased. I'll admit, I'm biased on it. It's got my name on it. It's pretty good coffee, but would love your thoughts on it. Let me know, disruns.com slash coffee. And until next time, take care. Thanks again for listening. Share the show with others if you enjoy it. And we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys. Thank you.